0: Today's podcast is sponsored by Youth Ministry Booster, an online youth ministry resource network that for $25 a month provides all the graphics, games, visuals, resources, and community support that you need to enhance your large group gatherings. Boost your youth ministry at www.youthministrybooster.com. Get everything you need to make your next teaching series great. Visit www.youthministrybooster.com and get boosted today. For honest reflection in youth ministry. Whether you are 19 and are just getting started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope this weekly dose of honesty and humor helps. Welcome to After 9, the most honest conversation in youth ministry.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 94 of After 9. Yes, we are inching ever closer to episode 100 which you will not want to miss it's going to be this october and it's going to be live yes for the very first time ever we are literally going to have after nine after nine on a wednesday in the middle of the week you won't want to miss it but until then enjoy this summer block of back to school speakers and authors as Stephen ingram shares his stories today Hey, everybody, welcome back to After Nine with one of my favorite authors. He sits on my shelf. He really does. He hangs out right in front of me. I'm looking at his book now and looking at him on screen. I want you to welcome our new friend, Stephen Ingram, to the podcast today. Hey, Zach. Glad to be with you guys. Well, hey, man, we're glad to have you too, all the way from Alabama, right? Talking a little. Roll tide. Roll Tide talking College Football. Well, way to uh, welcome some folks. So between our fandom of both uh, the Oklahoma Sooners and the Roll Tide <laughs> of uh, Alabama, we have welcomed many into the fold and pushed many other ones away. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Stephen, we are glad to have you on the podcast today to talk a little bit of youth ministry. You bring almost 20 years of working yeah. in the local church. Uh, so obviously you know your stuff. You've been around the kiddos. You've worked with um, needy parents and needier volunteers. And you we've had a run in or two with a senior pastor uh, but also want to <laughs> talk about your current work today and then uh your your book man i i, I pre- it, it's the it's the most appropriately sized and most insightful youth ministry book i've read in 5 years easily hey, hands down thanks man i appreciate that i <laughs> no, appreciate that hey man i i you know, there's not a lot of books that in 130 pages that say that say more than enough. So it's mm. good. It's good. So <laughs> thanks, so, man. <laughs> so, so Steve, help us out a little bit today. Give us some backstory on on who this guy is. Uh, what got you into youth ministry? I mean, twenty years of your life, man. That's yeah. a career that could have been almost anything. So why in yeah. the world youth ministry? Uh, and then also youth ministry in Alabama. I mean, I feel like that's. I mean, that's got its own, you know, brand <laughs> of, uh, right. of, of of challenges.
2: Yeah, and in the buckle of the Bible belt, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: right. That's right. I mean. Wow.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I grew up. So I grew up in a in a small town in northeast Alabama, uh, and uh, didn't really grow up in church for the first part of my life. But around twelve years old, I, I uh, started going to the church uh, in our in our hometown and. Uh, I had a couple of youth ministers who were just deeply important to me, uh, in my life during that time. And, uh, when I was, uh, when I was 15, 14, 15, I had some pretty massive, uh, family tragedy. Um, and my mom, uh, up and left, uh, she, uh, just, just left as that was actually the last time I had ever seen her. I still haven't seen her since then and just a really nasty, uh, difficult time. Um, And uh, I I got to a place where I hit absolutely rock bottom in a a number of ways uh, to the point where I was on um, the verge of of suicide. And Mm. uh, I I hit that point and uh, I had a youth minister, a guy named Seth, and he's mentioned in the book uh, a couple of times in organic and uh, Seth just loved me. And, uh, he was there for me, uh, when I needed someone desperately to be a rock for me. Mm. Uh, and that youth ministry was there for me and, and, people in that ministry and, and volunteers and, and older youth. And, uh, and, and during that time, uh, Seth realized a call, uh, in my life, uh, Youth ministry uh, to, to to be in ministry, and he rea- he realized it before I did, and uh, yeah, and he moved me into into youth ministry, started mentoring me, uh, and so I actually started doing youth ministry when I was 18 years old. Um, actually, I guess truthfully, I started when I was 17, but I had my first job when I was 18. He he left the church, uh, and uh, they asked me to take over my the uh, second semester of my senior year and uh literally i've been doing it uh ever since uh, went to went to college religion major went to seminary after that and uh, uh did youth ministry the whole way through
1: wow man that's uh <laughs> that's a i mean that is uh from from being a youth and then still running into the youth ministry part of it but uh, again I love hearing that story of uh, of not necessarily the pain and the, the tragedy of of having a parent figure just up and leave yeah. but when a youth minister gets it right and and steps in to surround a young person and love them and I think I mean we we've talked to a lot of youth pastors and that seems to be so many so many folks like yeah. when youth ministry works one of the fruits that we see of that is it keeps those that were in a good youth ministry back engaged with how important youth ministry really can be uh, yeah. I just for anybody that's doing youth ministry to wonder if, you know, if it's worth it to to just fully kind of come around, support, and surround a young person, um, that's legacy, right? I mean, here yep, you are right. tw- 20 years later helping, you know, countless other youth ministers um, because of your youth ministry. And so, you know, God bless Seth for, for, yeah. doing, for doing good, doing right, you know? And I'm sure that he didn't, he didn't think of it that way at the time. He just thought he was supposed to do what he's supposed to do. Yeah. But the way to, like, to come around and surround you and to be, you know, to be church family, right? To surround you and yep. to have youth ministry be church family. Wow, that's powerful, man. That's great. Well, and
2: and what's neat for me about it too is, uh, uh, Seth and I are still so, still good friends. Okay, okay so, still good friends. Yeah, that's we're we're good friends. I love it. But you know what's crazy is like theologically, we're we're on opposite ends of the spectrum now. Okay, I mean, okay. We're on, and and it's so cool because that relationship and And uh has endured way beyond anything theological, which is yeah. so cool because we get so wrapped up and wrapped around the axle on on theology so many times yeah and and relationship can go so far beyond that, mm. so um so yeah it's it's a great relationship. We love each other we, we like to we like to poke and prod on each other theologically, but uh yeah, I love that guy.
1: Oh, that's good, man, because I think and Chad, I talked about this on our recent episode, sometimes relationship becomes the soft word of ministry that says mm-hmm. things and we don't know what to say. But I like how that you just described relationships like, oh, man, we have a good relationship. Instead of being like the soft word of like, well, I don't really know what else to say about them, it actually became the, like the adhesive that keeps you together. And well, that's good. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's exactly right. That's
1: exactly right. Because agree- agreement, disagreement, man, like that comes and goes. But like that that history, that friendship, that relationship, man, that's, 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 good, uh, that's good adhesion, good sticky stuff. Man, I love it. I love it.
2: Well, and it helps you think about your own ministry too. I, I think that's one of the things I would say to a lot of youth workers is – yeah, let's do theology because theology is fun. It's important. It's good. Let's do the heck out of it. Do, do good theology, whatever that means to you. Yeah. But at the end of the day, don't forget how, well how important a solid relationship is for the foundation of youth ministry.
1: That's right. Well, done, done out of so so teaching, leading, a uh, transformational theology out out of out of a good relationship instead of trying to bring about a certain kind of agreement. Because I think right. that's one of the things for a lot of youth ministers. Like we're trying to teach unto agreement, right? Like we're trying to get consensus by way of like, okay, here's what I want to teach. I need everybody to agree with me when I'm done. Yeah. Uh, but what you're saying that I think is really powerful is that we all have a great. relationship. Relationships. I'm going to teach, and if you disagree, it's okay yeah. because we were we were friends before we disagreed. And so, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, and, and that's one of the things actually. Uh, I'll, I'll tell youth, uh, especially in, in settings like confirmation where we're really digging into you know belief systems and structures. One of the things I will tell youth is, uh, listen, guys, if if you guys walk out of here and we're all thinking the same thing saying the same thing believing the same thing then I've completely failed my job you know one of the things that I, I think is so important in, in youth ministry is is it's not about all of us walking out with the same answer uh, to the same question uh, it's I always tell kids uh, an answer that's easily given is one that can easily be taken away and so I like to uh, I like to play devil's advocate whether I agree with a kid or not I like to push them and and play devil's advocate with them so that that way they're at least processing through what they're you know, what their belief is so at least they can know where they're coming from and know where they're going.
1: Well, and again, because that, that's what the stage of life they're in, right? Like if if we only just give them something to take and receive, then we actually haven't helped them in that like formational, transformational stage of life that they're in, right? Like the the whole part of being a teenager is trying to figure out Basically, basically everything. (laughs) Like your body's changing, your brain is changing, your relationships are changing, what you, what you, what you like to eat, what you like to do, um, who, who you want to date, like all of these things are in flux anyway. And so for us to think that like the faith parts are all just gonna, you know, come right down the conveyor belt or whatever, like no, man, like they're, they are literally challenging, questioning, wondering about everything. And so to, to not see like consensus as success, but to see, um, almost like the friction as like the success part that's good that's good okay well it's
2: adventure right nice. uh
1: 19 years so 19 years in youth ministry steven you've got to have a favorite moment so we need a favorite moment either something that's defining hilarious like what is what is one like what's the nugget that you always yeah. go back to because mm, this is why this is why yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, after, you know, in 19 years, there, there are a lot of moments, right? <laughs> uh, I think one that I always go back to in my mind, um, and, and, I, and I believe I talk about it in organic. I know I talk about it in one of the books, um, is is a moment that I actually wasn't even there for. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, so, I know. Is it, so you is know it's wild? good. You know it's good. Yeah.
1: This is the I was, one that got back to you. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, it was a Saturday work day. Uh, I I was out of town for some reason, but we we had a workday plan, which, by the way, is just another reason why it's so important to pour into your volunteers and yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and to make them uh, help them own ministry. <clears throat> but uh, I knew I was going to be away, but it was a Saturday workday, and we were working in some uh, on some houses in a in a low income neighborhood here in Birmingham, and. Uh, what had happened was we have this uh, patron saint of the youth ministry, a guy named Mr. Mac uh, and Mr. Mac had been a volunteer uh, in the youth ministry for 30 plus years. Um, the guy was in his, at this point, I think he was probably in his mid seventies, okay. uh, mid to late seventies. Mr. Mac had been involved in the youth ministry forever. He we actually had shirts that had his face on them, Yes. Uh, superhero shirts because yeah, he's yeah, such yeah. an amazing, humble, amazing guy. And uh, so Mr. Mack was leading one of these work sites because that's one of the things he did. He didn't miss a single mission trip for like 30 years. Okay. Um, and So he's he was leading one of the work sites. And um, he and this young 6th grade girl named Hannah, uh, who had just come into the ministry. Uh, she was in the summer between her 6th and 7th grade year. Uh, and Hannah's mom, Laura. Uh, and they were on top of a, of a shed uh, outside of this lady's house. And this lady uh, kept a lot of her... Um, uh, she had a small house and she had to keep a lot of things in the shed, but the shed was leaking. Uh, the roof had gone bad. And uh, so Mr. Mac, Laura, and Hannah, the daughter, uh, were up on this roof. And Hannah was uh, uh, really kind of, she was kind of quiet and kind of timid and trying to figure her way out. And uh, so they're up there and uh, Laura had grown up grown up in the youth group. Uh, so uh, she had been in a part of this church for a long time, had recently moved back a couple years before And so Laura's sitting up there, and she looks at Mr. Mack, and she says, Mr. Mack, I I feel like we've been here before. This is so weird. I feel like I'm having deja vu. Yeah, yeah. And he looks at her, and he smiles. He said, well, you and I have been here before. About 25 years ago, uh, you and I were sitting on this roof, um, on this exact roof of this shed, and we were putting these shingles on this roof about 25 years ago. I, I, I didn't even know if you'd remember it. And, uh, Laura looks at Mr. Mac, Laura is the one who told me the story. She looks at Mr. Mac and she said, oh my gosh, this is the roof that you taught me how to shingle on when I was, um, in seventh or eighth grade. And now I'm sitting here with my daughter and you're teaching her to do the same thing. Love it that that is one of my, I I get cold chills every time because that's that's good youth ministry. Yeah. It's good youth ministry because it's intergenerational. It's yeah. good youth ministry because you have parents involved. It's good youth ministry because they're serving together. Uh it's good mi- ministry because they're navigating uh their uh, this cross intergenerational thing. And it's good youth ministry because I wasn't even there. <laughs> <laughs> it it wasn't dependent on me, you know? It, it, it had yeah. nothing to do with me, which is which I think is one of the big things we miss with youth ministry. So many times we think it's about us, mm. um, and it's not. Uh, and so, yeah, that's one of my favorite moments.
1: Oh, that's good. No, I, I don't think we've ever had a story on the podcast before that was their favorite moment that involved them, not at all. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> no, I think that's a that's a that's a really powerful moment, and that's it's such a rare moment, right? But it should not be yeah. so. And I think about, uh, I think I think most of us have somebody in our youth ministry that has, you know, we've had leaders that were there before we got involved. And we hope we'll be there even after, you know, we're long gone. Um, but to have it have it transcend the generations, right? To have it, yeah. you know, from what he taught her and how she taught her daughter, like that's that's powerful, man. That's good. That's good. It yeah. was good because it's intergenerational and it was good because you weren't there. I'm gonna I'm gonna write that one down, man. That's good. <laughs> that, that's good. Uh and that's and that's gotta be like the kind of thing that like fuels you to do ministry in a way that that leaves things behind that are healthy right like to contribute yeah. to and to not you know orchestrate things around what your giftings are but to give more ministry away cuz that doesn't that doesn't happen if if you're the one that's a part of all of it so
2: yeah well, I tell people all the time, uh, you know, I work for an organization called Ministry Architects, and one of our key, you know, words is sustainability. We, we want to build sustainable youth ministries. And the only way you can do that is if it's not built on one person,
0: mm.
2: um, and, and especially uh, one person who's transitory in nature. And I don't care yeah. how long, I was just at my previous church for nine years, but Every person who's a youth ministry, every person who's in a ministry position will leave one day, yeah, and so if you build the ministry and and circle it around you and your passions and your gifts and your talents, then when you leave that that's going to pull the rug out from underneath that whole ministry and it's yep. going to crumble yeah. um, and you don't have those kinds of things that will follow you
1: that's good that's good uh, Stephen, as good as that is, um, we all know that in nineteen years that that's not every Saturday <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's not even yes. most Saturdays that's right. Uh, and so, I mean, you obviously don't serve that long without having some moments, some days, or some nights where you almost quit. And, and yeah. I know that for you, you're, you still are very much connected to the life of youth ministry. But in that 19 years, g- give us, give us the other side. G- give us, give yeah. us the not the not Mr. Mac story, or maybe Mr. Mac, but in a different way. G- give us the story that was a night you almost quit.
2: I, I guess I think about two kinds of uh, one specific and another that's more of an instance. Okay. Okay. Um, the the specific one, uh, we were in, gosh, we were in South Mississippi. I can't remember exactly where. We were near near like Kiln, Mississippi. Okay. In the in in the middle of July, which uh, I, I know you're up in Oklahoma, but if you've ever been in the Deep South in the middle of July, Just it, it stinking is stinking hot. Oh my gosh, it's terrible, right? Especially <laughs> like on the especially like you're changing Gulf t-shirts
1: coast. in the middle of the day. You're like bringing extra t-shirts because you're Five sweating. Five times a day. Them.
2: Five yeah. times a day. Yeah. yeah. So we're down there doing a mission trip. It's a junior high mission trip. We've got about a hundred junior high there. This is probably six years ago.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, and <clears throat> so I'd been in ministry for you know a long time at that point. Uh, it's not like yeah. I was new. Uh, so we're we're down there, and um, we we get to the camp, and uh, uh, they have us in these uh, kind of double wide trailers. Okay. Uh, for and and the trailers have these bunk beds in them. Well, that's all great and good. For all the trailers uh, that have air conditioning, okay, and all the trailers have air conditioning except for this one trailer, uh, and uh, I took it on the chin and I said, "I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll be one of the adults in that trailer." Oh, there you
1: go, there you and, go. And uh,
2: Just so happened, uh, we ended up having all the worst junior high boys that you could ever imagine, also in this one trailer. Awesome. Uh, they were terrible. Uh, they were absolutely <laughs> terrible. I found out later that they came on that trip and one other trip with. The, there's a small group, about five of them. They, they always run together, this, right? Like it, it's they, always they, a posse. It, yeah, it's it's a pack. It's pack mentality. Uh, and they literally stated to people, "We came on these two trips to see if we could get kicked off the trips." Perfect. Okay. Perfect. So, uh, so uh, that was the that was mentality. It was hot, hot, hot. Uh, you know, hundred percent humidity, South Mississippi doing a mission trip. So you're exhausted. Anyways, we're doing work on houses, right? And every night they're seeing how many rules they can break, uh, how, how many times they can try to sneak out of these, out of these double wide trailers. It was absolute misery. And the entire time they just tortured me. Um, and I had decided I was not going to give in. Like I wasn't going to send them home. I was like, you know what? I know what you're trying to do.
1: Okay, that, that was the question I was going to ask you. So, like you, yeah. you mentioned at the start of the story that you knew they were trying to get kicked out. I said, like, at, at any point during the story, did you find that out? And then it had become a new challenge for you to extend yeah. so much grace that they could not ever get kicked out.
2: Yeah. So, okay. um, so I realized. <laughs> so did you realized,
1: raise the bet on them? Or you raised the. Bet?
2: <laughs> that's exactly right. So I realized about half, uh, about two days in, I was like, they're trying. They're they're just trying to destroy me, and they're trying to get. They're trying to get sent home. So I said, all right, they're not going to do it. That's, it's not going to happen. So what I decided to do is uh, I said, all right, boys, every time you, uh, every time you decide to keep me up all night and torture me, we're going to get up bright and early the next morning and we're going to go out and you're going to stand on one foot and then you're going to run laps and then you're going to hop on one foot. And and so I went in and I'm not a military guy, but I went into full on military yeah, mode. I'm like, the right, Titans boys. mode. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I was like, all right boys, five thirty, let's get going. I'll go get running, I, yeah. I know yeah. you just went to sleep two hours ago, but it's time to rock. So uh so I decided to torture them. Uh and it was it was mutual torture. Uh for uh now I'm not for redemptive violence, okay? I'm I'm against redemptive violence. Um uh, but but man, it was just we just went back and forth and back and forth. And I don't know if I beat them or they beat me, uh, but I remember, I remember getting in the van to go home, thinking if I didn't have thirteen years of ministry experience mm-hmm. underneath my belt, I would have quit after day one. Um, it yeah, was just so yeah. miserable. It was awful, and I really tried to make it funny and and you know play with them, and that's they right. just that's right. They, they just wanted to destroy me. Um, it was just miserable.
1: Uh, well- and I love that you said that it took 13 years kind of like prior to be able to like weather that because I feel like yeah. for a lot of people, that's the story that you shared is the one that they got at their like first summer camp ever. Right. And, and so for them, they're like, if this is what this is, then I'm done. And I, and yeah. I feel like, like my heart goes out to so many youth pastors that run into that pack. <laughs> that wolf pack of 8th grade yeah. boys that are trying to like feast on their flesh yep. and like they, they think that like well if this is how it's always going to because they don't have the comparative experience they don't have right. um, some of the other stories to kind of push those stories like down or away or whatever yeah. and so like no, no, no wonder. No wonder most people in youth ministry—you know, eighteen, twenty-four months—isn't like meh. I'm done because yeah. you, you have to. It takes a decade of the other stuff to weather one of those and go. This only happens every so often. <laughs> That's right. Or if it doesn't, we're doing it differently. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was rough. Uh, it was rough. And you know what's sad is I wish there was something redemptive that came out of it. Uh, I wish I could say and then those boys ended up being great leaders in youth ministry. But no. No, no, they didn't. And I think that's important, right? Because we are so used to sitcoms where you're you're presented with a problem at the beginning and then 22 minutes later, the problem is wrapped up with a bow and everybody goes, oh, that's
1: just not the way it
2: always works out. That's not the way it works out. He was
1: mean because nobody listened to him. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. He was mean because he was mean. <laughs>
1: He's just a mean kid. <laughs> That's good, man. So
2: yeah, so uh, but the other kind of instances for I, I and I actually talk about this a little bit in the book. Um, for gosh, probably the first eight or nine years of of ministry, uh, every February March, I would come home super duper depressed, like okay. really depressed. And, uh, my wife would go, gosh, what, what is going on with you? Mm. And I say, I I just don't know if I should be in ministry there. There, you know, parents are just on me and and it's just, uh, it's just, nothing seems to be working. The attendance is down. And, 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 and after about seven or eight years, she said, you know, you do this every February or March. I was like, what do you mean? She said, you get super depressed every February, March. Maybe you should look at what actually happens this time of year, and, and instead of thinking it's all you, mm. maybe you should try to figure out what it's, what's actually going on. And so actually one of the chapters is about that thing, about how every ministry has an ebb and flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and for us, just uh, the ministries I was in around February or March, the attendance would go down. Just the way it would happen.
1: Basketball, spring break, whatever. That
2: was just yeah, the way whatever it, it was. Yes. Yeah. And and parents would get a little itchy because they had been cooped up with their kids all summer. So they'd get a little itchy and they'd get a little gripey. And I was probably dealing with some, you know, seasonal kind of, you know, depression stuff. And, and so what I realized was, man, um, if I'll actually just look at the ministry, not as this isolated week by week, month by month thing, but look at it in overarching kind of systems and structures and flows. Things might be a little different, so that happened for like eight or nine years until I realized uh, it's probably just going to continue to happen. Okay, um.
1: <laughs> okay, just naming it for what it is and yeah, calling it right. a season. No, that's fair. I think that's um, again, like it takes it takes enough of those happening and 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 the love of a of a good person in your life, um, yeah. spouse, significant other, ministerial friend, to look and see. You know this. This seems to happen about this same time of year for you always, right? Like I know that for me, like it's like weight fluctuations, right? Like I know when it's like a slump in ministry because I'm like, man, like – I feel feel a little heavier today, and not right. in my heart but in my gut, and it's like, that's oh, right. it's one of those seasons. Yep, got it, got it. So you have to yeah. you have to almost like anticipate those, and then you know do the kind of good like preemptive work of like February is coming, and I know that's okay because that's this this is what happens in February, and I also know that that season ends, and that's kind of the thing that yeah. like, I think is so good about the seasonality stuff is that if it has a start, it probably has an end too, and that's good. Yeah. that's good.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's that whole Game of Thrones thing, man. That's right. Winter, winter is coming.
1: <laughs> winter is, I mean, he, that's he, right. Winter is coming. You gotta prepare. And then, and then one one day, winter ends. You know, and uh, and the, and and the he, White
2: Walkers show up, and you know it's bad.
1: <laughs> spring, spring, right? The the battle, battle for the spring.
2: That's it. That's it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Stephen, uh, in those nineteen years, and, and I think, and kind of in some of that thinking of that February, March kind of seasonality stuff, one of the things that we talk about, namesake of the podcast, is after nine, and that's always that that post either Sunday or midweek time when the last kid gets kicked out, the volunteers all wave by, and you're locking up, and either walking to your car uh, or, or, or biking home. Like, what is? what is kind of like your mental state? Like how do you process? What are the kind of interior questions that you ask yourself uh, immediately when you're done kind of in a big moment of youth ministry?
2: Yeah. The, the, the question that I, I think just has continued through my whole ministry and, and still continues today is did, did I do good today? Okay. Did, did, I, did I make a difference? Did, did a kid leave here? Did a, a volunteer leave here? Um, and, and not so much do they have do they have a better answer, but are they asking better questions? Okay, um, are are they are they wrapped up in this admi- in this um, in this mystery and this adventure, uh, or did they get something? Did, did they get another road answer? Um, did, mm. they, did they come into something uh, that was predictable uh, that that didn't uh, bring the, the vitality of, of the faith life uh, to them? And so I think when when I drive home. Uh, the biggest thing that consistently goes through my mind is did, did I do, did I do good with these kids today? Was, today? A, okay. was I responsible for them okay. um, today?
1: Is that something for you that you, you process out loud? Uh, do you, you do home and talk with your wife about it? Do you, do you journal? Like, I mean, is, is there like a list of like of the good weeks somewhere or how does, how does that look for you?
2: Yeah, you know, I would come home and process, and you know that's that's one of the things you have to be super careful about, right? When you're in ministry, is going home and and dump trucking on your uh, on your significant other, yeah. right? <laughs> it's so easy just to just to back the dump truck up and just right. let it all flow out, because they're
1: only going to get that picture, right? Like they only get right. what they heard from you, and they didn't get the other things that you didn't see, and yeah, that's, that's good. right.
2: Yeah, so so I would, I, I'd process some of it, uh, but but really, uh, at the end of the day, it was it's. I, I, I process all the time internally. Uh, mm. That's I, it, I just work through things uh, constantly in my mind, and and that was that's always just an ongoing question. Did did I do good today? Okay. I actually beside my bed, my kids um, gave me a uh, a thing basically where you can write something on on um, like a whiteboard kind of thing okay. that stays beside my bed, it's like a picture frame whiteboard. Okay, okay. And the thing that stays on it is uh, the words "do good today." Um, okay, that's, that's just it. Just just go and do good today. Okay. Uh, You know, uh, not all of us are going to get to be Martin Luther King or Gandhi. Sure. Uh, sure. Not all of us are going to, you know, uh, lead a a revolutionary movement. Uh, But the way that those folks, the way the Mother Teresa, the way those sorts of folks did what they did is they woke up and they said, all right, what kind of good can I do today? Mm. Uh, How can I, in my situation with my skills and my talents and my connections and where I'm sitting... How can I go and do good today? Man. And so that's that's sort of my reminder every day is just just go do good today.
1: Okay, um, that's good. No, and I, I love that it's even a question for you that you're asking on the front side of things, and not the yeah. just on the, like, the processing like what happened, but what will I be about? What will I try to do? Because I think that helps set up some especially for a lot of youth pastors for for a, a a midweek or a Sunday um having a certain right kind of expectation going into it and not just kind of walking into it and then hoping to have a good story on the other side yeah. um, but being able to know and kind of frame what we're trying to do because if we yeah. if we don't frame it somebody else will frame it for us and that's that's, right. that's important okay all right man um 19 years thinking back and you work with a lot of youth pastors now so what give give us some sage advice some wisdom if you had a time machine all the way back to 18 19 year old Stephen ingram what would you tell him first year youth ministry this is what you really need to know it's not about you okay
2: it's that's the thing i it so many youth ministers um it's a You know, we we get into youth ministry. uh, There's a lot of hubris in any kind of ministry, sure. And and we're we're supposed to be the folks who are you know who are who are the most humble, right? But but to get go into a profession where you say, hey, by the way, I'm the mouthpiece of God. Yeah. Right. Right, there, right. right There's some hubris in that, right? That's what God so, word says to you today. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So there's automatically some, some things that are going on psychologically. I think with any of us who go in ministry that we, I think we all probably had to fight in some, hmm. some way or another. Uh, but I think one of those things is that we buy into this lie that, that it's about us, hmm. um, that, that it's, that it's, uh, about our passion, our skills, our gifts. That's a part of it. But at the end of the day, it's just not. Hmm. And, um, so if I could go back, you know, gosh, nineteen, twenty years, I would, I would take me aside and say, listen, man, you, you got, you got things that you're passionate about. You got some things you're good at, but just remember you're a part of something bigger yeah. um, and, and it, it's not your youth ministry. It's the church's youth ministry okay. and they're entrusting you to curate that and, and to, and to uh, help them do it better. That's good. Um, and that's one of the things I try to tell youth ministers when I work with them and, and not probably not in that blunt of a way. Sometimes I do, um, because they can take it, but just to help folks remember, listen, the youth ministry was happening before you got here. Mm. It'll, it'll continue to happen after you leave. Yeah. Um, and so, so what are you going to do with that small window of time? Uh, and how are you going to make it better than you found it, Mm. uh, when, when you actually leave this place? And, um, and, and and that that has to come with partnering it has to come with enabling and uh you know uh multiplying volunteers and leadership and uh and, and decentralizing yourself uh when when i walk in and, and see a youth ministry where uh you know they're just talking about their vision their gifts their all i just i just know man this is this is this youth ministry is in a bad situation they can have a mm. ton of kids coming yeah but as soon as that person leaves it, it's going to crash it's going to crash yeah, mm,
1: that's good that, that's a good word that it's not your youth ministry because uh, I, I feel like we talk about it in a very possessive kind of category like, right. like my ministry or what we did right like what right. we did yeah. or what I do um, yeah. you know you don't have to read long on the Facebook groups or have coffees with many youth pastors to hear them you know kind of pitch things that way but yeah. uh, it's a, that's an important reminder man that's worth that's worth putting on uh, a reminder board for sure
2: you have the uh, well in a mainline let's say let's put it this way in a mainline ministry setting right we bring those babies up front and we baptize them. Yeah. And, and never do we say, and the youth ministry is going to raise them and show them who Jesus is and, yeah, and, yeah. and, and raise them in the, the way that leads to life eternal. We don't say that, mm. the congregation says we will do that, yeah yeah, and so when we're when we walk in and try to make it all about us and that we're the primary contact we're the primary relationship piece then we're we're negating a baptismal vow mm. um, and and we're not enabling them to live into the, those baptismal vows we're actually making it more difficult for them mm. um, and i don't want to I don't want to do that yeah uh, yeah, I think the best youth ministry is the one that starts with the baptismal vow. That says the congregation says we will raise this child and show them the way that leads life eternal. That's good. Um, that's that's a great philosophy for ministry, I think.
1: <laughs> well, and that's, that's, that's a, a richer theology than uh, hey, let's have a lot of fun and and get a little Bible study in there too. And I, I think I think there is like a pulse uh, for a lot of youth ministers that want the work that they're doing to be more steeped in the larger tradition of the church, but sometimes we don't always have the language to talk about that or we don't always feel like we have the support to talk about it that way. Yeah. And I think kind of putting it through the lens of Uh, of dedication or baptismal vow or like church-wide commitment kind of like prepares us, supports us, equips us to return to the church and say, you know, that this this is not my youth ministry. In in a way that as much that might be a deflection at some times, I think it's also a way as an invitation at other times to bring other people into this. These are not my youth kids. These are not my youth ministry people. Like this is a part of what we're doing. It's kind of a return to the whole church. And I think that's, you know for a lot of folks like that's like the crossroads that their youth ministry is in and i think being yeah. able to return it is something that's part of a broader richer deeper tradition than just we oughta right i think for a lot of folks that's they right. feel like we oughta be more a part of the Big church, or we ought yeah. to be more a part of what else is going on. But to say it in a way that's theological, I think, uh, like ups the importance, right? Like it's not just like that's a right. thing that we ought to do; it's a thing that we must do because it's it's part of the DNA of what we're even trying to do in the first place. And so, it's way beyond a church growth mechanism. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> So Actually, now, that's theological now you're, us, now you're moving us out. Okay, good. Yeah, so you just took us out of the programmatics and the mechanical, and now we're returning to the theological and the organic, which is, yep. you know, you, you got the nature metaphors down, man. I, I heard you. I heard you. Youth ministry is about leaving it cleaner than you found and yeah. only taking pictures and only leaving footprints. I got <laughs> that's it. Right. No, it's good. That's right, man. <laughs> <laughs> See, some people that come into youth ministry, they only take pictures and leave footprints because they haven't been there long enough. But for others of us that's right, that's right, because we've been about that deep kind of – natural organic work that's good okay man uh you've given us a lot today and i'm super thankful for it but we need because we're youth pastors and we and we breathe on this we breathe we we hunger for this give me something practical as a tip application download or process that is making your time in youth ministry better or like give us give us the freebie like what do folks need today that they can start try buy or use
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think for me, the, the number one thing, uh, every time, and, and I I will do a hundred of these interviews, a hundred podcasts, and I will go back to the same baseline on, on this, this one thing. If you're, it's all about volunteers. Okay. It's all about volunteers. Uh, and, and it's not just when I say volunteers, it's not about getting warm bodies in the room. Okay. Uh, it's it's not about just meeting an adult quota, you know, for, for whatever your church is safe church.
1: <laughs> they policy they say or they say one to seven, so I have gotta have three more people this fall. Right, right, that's right.
2: That's right. That's right, yeah. Uh but it's about that partnership. Okay. Uh and, and so the the, the freebie I, I guess I would say is is about a process uh, okay. it's about a volunteer recruitment process I think what you've got to do uh, is you got to start early you got to be the one you got to be the first one on their calendar okay uh, on, on when you're doing volunteer recruiting so what what I recommend what we recommend as a company as ministry architects is that uh, you should start your volunteer recruitment process in January for um, for August year, for the next fall okay yeah. okay. And that you really work a process, really, really hard, from January till about April. Okay. Uh, and get all of your volunteer slots filled in. Do that one to seven ratio, one to five ratio. You know, different different folks will will argue different ways, but whatever your ratio is, do that for all of your programs. Okay. Recruit the heck out of folks. Give them a job description. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because if they, if they don't have a job description, they have no clue what, right. what constitutes success, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and instead of getting frustrated halfway through, they know what constitutes success and they know what they're getting into. Give them term limits. Okay. Let them know they're not going to get sucked into the uh, youth ministry, volunteer, black Forever. hole for the rest of their life. Yeah, so give them some term limits. Um, and, and if you have all of those folks recruited by April... Then you can train them, do your safe church policies, safe sanctuaries, whatever it is. At that point, get the background checks done. Yeah. And then when August comes around, work work with them, meet with them on curriculum, whatever your program is going to be. And so what you have at that point is you've invested deeply already into those volunteers. Yeah. You've recruited them plenty early, so you're not spending the summer freaking out going, oh, my gosh. <laughs> what are we going to do
1: making recruitment calls at camp that's
2: or whatever right. yeah that's right yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, and 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 what it does too is it is it is it ushers in a sense of importance to the ministry a, mm. a lot of times i hear youth ministers say our church just doesn't think youth ministry is important yeah and a lot of times i'll look back and say well how are you running your youth ministry because if you're running it uh, as a last minute um, as a last minute affair if you're running it as something that uh, it looks like it's thrown together and it's sloppy, then of course they're not going to think it's important and they're not going to want to have anything to do with it. Uh, but if you're recruiting them that far in advance and giving them job descriptions and training them, man, you, you can change how people see uh, your youth ministry. So that's hard work, it's not a lot of fun, and it's not a quick fix.
1: Well, and, and it also sounds a lot like something other than what most people think of when they think of like student or youth ministry, right? Because in, yeah. in, in, in all of those things you just said, That's that's nothing to do with young people, nothing to do with programs, nothing to do with but it's it's the it's the infrastructure that holds that stuff together, right? Like it's the thing that it is it is the the beams and boards (laughs) that keeps the house up so you can fill it with all the fun furnishings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good.
2: Well, and it's the relationship piece, too, because at at the end of the day, like I said, you're going to leave. You're going to you're going to you're going to leave. And so uh, if you've created a a, a beautiful, strong, far reaching infrastructure of relationships that are not based on you, that those kids have five to seven other adults in the church who are part of their life, who who know them, who when they see them in the hall on Sunday morning, they say hey to them. They know something about them. Yeah. You you've created something beautiful there that will far 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 outlive your time uh, at that church,
1: which is kind of the best thing, right? And that's, yeah, one, that's one of those exactly like right. you don't get to know that until a you've been somewhere long enough to help build that, and b yep. leave that place and then get to look back on it. And that's uh, yep. that's good, man. That's a good word. Which is such a different marker for success than most folks experience. That's right, because <laughs> it is not immediately gratifying. Like you will not that's know right. this year if you've done a good job if that's your model for what a good yep. job is. So. Yep. Uh, Stephen, uh, thank you so much for today, man. I appreciate your time. Um, For all of our folks listening, you've got to check out Organic Student Ministry by Stephen Ingram. It's the way to trash the prepackaged programs and transform your youth group. It's too good to not read. It's 130 pages, which means it's the perfect size book for you to get to devour this week and then send emails and tweets to Stephen. So Stephen, if they want to connect with you, learn more, ask you questions about stuff today or stuff in the book, how do they find you? How do they keep up with you? And tell us about all the things that you've got going on now and next
2: yeah a few a few a few things uh one you can uh, visit me at my uh, my blog uh, my website uh twelve stonespiritualitycom dot com it's one two stone spirit, uh, spirituality dot com uh, you can keep up my podcast and just blogging uh, that I do on there. Uh, you can contact me at Stephen S T E P H E N Ingram at MinistryArchitects dot com. I'd love to talk with you about uh, consulting, just ministry in general, just anything that, that you're interested in. Uh, follow me on Twitter Stephen L Ingram, uh, Facebook. I've got an author page uh, as well, and uh, yeah, love to keep up with you guys.
1: Well, man, Stephen, we appreciate your time here today, and uh, thanks for being a friend of the podcast and for your good work of youth ministry for past, present, and future, man. So thanks much, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for all you guys are doing. No, Stephen Ingram, thank you for being on After 9 today. hope that you heard not just the stories but the wisdom that he shared. you got to check out Organic Student Ministry, one of Stephen's latest excellent book. The link is in the show notes. If you want to pick up a copy for free, though, check out afternine.show slash contest. That's A-F-T-E-R number nine dot show slash contest. There's always something being given away. And starting next week, we're giving away a prize package worth a couple hundred bucks worth of books from people that have been on After Nine. It's going to be great. Stephen's book's in there. Don't miss it. We'll see you back next week.
0: Thanks for listening to After Nine. To continue the conversation, find us on Twitter or Facebook at After9Ministry or visit www.after9ministry.com to subscribe and learn more.